Welcome to the Andy Social Podcast. My name is Andy, and thank you very much for making the effort, for wasting your data, wasting your bandwidth, for streaming or downloading this uh, this podcast episode. So thank you very much. I'm currently sitting here at my home, in my little home office, sweating like something that sweats quite considerably. Uh, we're in the midst of a heat wave. I'm down on the New South Wales south coast. And by the time you listen to this, it'll be a few weeks uh, later. So hopefully, fingers crossed for all of us, it'll be a little bit cooler across the country that is known as Australia. For our international listeners, I'm sure it's a little bit different where you are, but uh, we have been roasting very slowly. And uh, it's Friday here, and I believe we've got a full weekend of high 30s and uh, low 40 degree Celsius weather. So it's uh, it's definitely a time to stay hydrated and um, try and stay cool. Anyway, going off on tangents straight away. Before we kick into it, I've got to say a massive thank you for everybody that's been listening to all of the podcast episodes as of late. Uh, as we kick back into the new year or uh got back back up and running in December with new guests, there has been an influx of listeners, a lot of new people tuning in and giving the podcast a shot. Uh, the numbers have been going up and steadily going up with each episode. Sometimes they spike with a with a more known guest, but overall we're, we're trending in an upwards direction and it's all thanks to you guys making the effort to listen to this podcast. So thank you so much. For people that have only just listened to this for the first time that are, that are new listeners, thank you for making the effort. And I really do hope that you enjoy this episode and go back and listen to previous ones. Uh, just to give you guys a bit of a snapshot of who I've had on over the last couple of months, I've had the Apathy Brothers, so it's Vinny and Carmine, so they're uh, best known for uh, drumming in bands such as Rod Stewart, Dio, Sabbath, um, that's Black Sabbath, by the way, for none of you hard rocker metalheads out there, uh, Vanilla Fudge, you name it, these guys have been a part of it in some way. Uh, Vinny's even been on a Beatles, no, not Beatles, a John Lennon, uh, what was it, the Beatles? John Lennon, John Lennon album, anyway. Here we go. Mine's going, mine's going in my elderly age of thirty-two. Uh, past past the Apathy Brothers, um, I've had Mike Mills of Toehider. I've had Jason North of Truth Corroded. I've had Simon Holland, who's a documentary filmmaker. Um, I've had Tony Barber. Tony Barber. So for non-Australians that are listening, Tony Barber is an Australian icon, TV host, game show host. Uh, basically yeah, a cultural icon for, for us in Australia. Many of us grew up with uh, with Tony on our TV screens, multi-generational in the industry for for something like four or five decades. Amazing. Uh, we've even had Joel McDonald who uh, plays guitar in Rose Tattoo who's just finished touring with uh, Guns N' Roses and uh, plays in Frankie's world-famous house band. That's at Frankie's Pizza, which is pretty much Sydney's number one rock venue. Actually, it's probably the only rock venue, but it's a pretty amazing one at that. And they're there every Monday night, amazingly enough, with an amazing following. And they have lots of world-famous musicians that jump on stage and and play with them or, or sing with them. It's just a, it's an incredible thing that they do. So that's an awesome one. Also had Nathan Sidoti, who has just had the most ridiculous life imaginable. He's, he's lived... Uh, He's lived in South America. He's lived in Denmark. He's lived in China. He's done. He's a dive. He's done diving instructing. He's a sound engineer. Works in AV. 
Um, he's known the guys from Aqua. He's toured with the Wiggles and Parkway Drive. And anyway, he's just one of those guys who just can't sit still and has just decided to chase every every little opportunity that he's been able to uh, to get his hands on. And uh, amazing, amazing stories that he has and ha- that he has. <laughs> and um, an extremely humble guy as well. Uh, also had an episode with... Uh, Old mate Kurt from Pod Kembler, who's been on the podcast previously, another great Australian podcast, and we chatted before going into a flotation tank at Cocoon Flotation in Wollongong, which is about an hour south of Sydney. So we get our talk on about all things flotation, and I'll definitely have to go back to Cocoon at some stage in the future and uh, do a, uh, a further podcast there. So that leads us to now. So we've had a busy year, and we're we're getting we're getting on, and uh, it's, there's so many there's so many podcast episodes to come. So uh, this episode is the first of a few episodes that are recorded in Adelaide. So just recently, I was in Adelaide for the weekend. Uh, one of the goals that I've given myself for 2017 is to go to each capital city and do a number of podcasts. My quota is around three to four podcasts per capital city, and Adelaide is the first off the rank. So I'm off to Perth uh, towards the end of March, then back to Melbourne in May, and then I've got to book the rest of the country at some stage. And I probably should just, you know, hang out in Sydney sometime, you know, it's considering it's in my backyard. So there's lots of stuff coming. There's a lot of exciting uh, conversations to come, even just the ones in Adelaide that I recorded that all went really, really well. Um, There's heaps of amazing, amazing conversations. Um, I've really made the effort, as I've said before, to talk to people from all walks of life, not just musicians that are originally from sort of my circles and my background, but talking to all sorts of people from different industries, people that have got different stories, just have lived amazing lives. I'm really sort of broadening it out and going in every direction possible. So I really hope that you guys are getting something out of it. It's all about just learning about different people. And I think the more that we get exposed to different people, uh, the more of an open mind that we get. Um, I think sometimes, especially with social media these days, I think we we tend to cull or we're very selective about the people that we uh, we converse with, you know, our our news feeds are usually tailored to our tastes, especially with Facebook algorithms and and all the other different algorithms that are on the internet. Especially you know if you use Google or some of these major uh, search browsers, they're they're all sort of tailored to fit your search habits, your previous search results, and whatnot. So you end up just being uh, you get confirmation bias and. And it can work well in some ways, but in other ways, you, you tend to get a little bit insular with your way of thinking. So I hope that this podcast just exposes you to people that you probably normally wouldn't converse with, normally wouldn't talk to. Um, I don't think this is a podcast that I'm going to have controversial opinions and such. Well, I don't know. Maybe it might get to that one day down the track. But it's just about talking to different people that are doing things that mean a lot to them and uh, working out ways to achieve greatness and whatever that definition is to each person. It's very different. And uh, hopefully you can walk away from each of these episodes and learn something new. Just go, ah, I didn't realize that. Or, you know what, I could. that idea has spurred a thought or something that I can do in my own life to do something better or be a better person. So that's the goal. It's very vague and open like that, but um, that's the way I roll. So anyway, let's move on. So as I said, this episode is the first of a few episodes that w- were recorded in Adelaide. And this first one features a lady by the name of Alison Oborn. So 
To give you a little bit of background on this, I was trying to work out things that Adelaide is famous for. Um, you know, I had a lot of music, musician friends that live in Adelaide, and so I had a few people on my list. But uh, I was trying to think of, you know, culturally or just, you know, in pop culture or anything, like what's what's Adelaide known for? And one of the things that came to my mind almost straight away was crime. Uh, for people that aren't in Australia or aren't aware, Adelaide has a history of uh, very bizarre criminal activity. Um, I wouldn't say that they have more crime than anywhere else, but they certainly have more creative crime. Uh, some interesting serial killers that have, uh, that have graced Adelaide uh, over the probably the last hundred years, especially in more recent times. Uh, you know, you can look at uh, family murders, um, you can look at Snowtown, um, there's a whole range of different things. If you look them up, you'll find some very... Uh, uh, some very um, horrible things that have happened, but they're interesting and people are fascinated by this sort of stuff. So I started looking online to see who was around, if there were any experts and whatnot. And one of the things I found initially was uh, Adelaide Historical Crime Tours. And it wasn't the initial idea to make contact with them, but over time I, I sort of sat on the thought and, and figured, you know what, I'll reach out to them and see uh, see if they're willing to have a chat. And they were more focused on more historical crime in the sense that things that have happened probably more, 100 plus years ago uh, that are a little bit more educational in the sense that uh, the crime is linked into more of a painting a picture of what life was like 100 plus years ago in Adelaide. And uh, from there, I got in contact with Alison and Alison was extremely accommodating. And off Adelaide Historical Crime Tours, they also have a number of other tours, including Dark History Tour. And the Dark History Tour is actually... uh, held in a number of different areas, but one of them is Z-Ward, which is an old criminal uh, asylum. It's a, an asylum for the criminally insane, as they used to refer to it. And we, well, Alison actually offered to meet up after one of her tours there. So I met her at Z-Ward and I rocked up and it's not a very well-lit area. Um, you usually meet up somewhere beforehand if you're in the tour group and then you walk in. But uh, I was getting an Uber there at uh, 10.30 at night or something like that. I'm stuttering there. And uh, I had to walk through the darkness of this property to try and find where on earth uh, the entrance was. And so anyway, it all worked out, but uh, Alison gave me a candid tour. Uh, I was going the two of us in this uh, old mental hospital and uh it was pretty creepy it was very cool i enjoyed it and i have to thank allison so much for her hospitality for giving me the time um you know it was late at night on a friday night she could have been on her way home um no doubt had a long day but um gave me some some quality time to to talk all things uh history and in Adelaide and and especially this this building that we recorded this episode in and uh, talking face to face has a different dynamic to some of my previous podcasts where you're uh, talking to people over Skype or WhatsApp or on the phone and this is certainly different this is face to face but there is a new dynamic dynamic again to this and I'll leave it for the podcast because you'll discover it as we talk uh, but yeah, this is a really cool one. Uh, I'll leave the uh, all the details about Alison and whatnot towards the end. But uh, Alison's been very active in the paranormal world uh, and the industry in Australia for for decades, and um, she's she's got a very interesting history. She's an author. She's uh, 
She's been on radio um, and uh, obviously been a part of a lot of different organisations and uh, also has been part of uh, an investigation team at Adelaide Jail as well. So um, just a very interesting woman, uh, very pleasant to talk to. You're going to love this one. It's, uh, It's very creepy and although you can't see anything, uh, I think you'll I think you'll enjoy this. This is really really cool. So please enjoy this episode with Alison Oberlin. So thank you very much for letting me come here to this very. I don't want to use the word creepy because it sounds so cheap, but it's uh, creepy. It's, it's creepy. <laughs> it it's very creepy. Uh, you've just shown me around the place. A very very quick uh, walk around, and um, I think. I feel a little bit disconnected in here, to be honest, because I, 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 my instincts are telling me to be a little bit freaked out by it. But at the same time, I think just because you're here and you've got this calmness to you. <laughs> I smile. <laughs> You'll see me smile even more when, if something happens. Oh, okay. <laughs> I right. have no empathy. <laughs> you but, know why you're in a creepy building. <laughs> uh, do, you want to, do you want to explain where we are? Yeah, we're in what we call Z Ward. And it was a building that was built at our old historical asylum to house what was then called the criminally insane. Mm. So they had to have gone through the court system and had some some sort of mental health to have been put in here. And obviously criminally insane, it's, it's, they're extreme scenarios for people to get in here. Not really. No. No, no. This is the whole thing. People think that everybody who came in here was a murderer, was a bad person, was violent, but... I have probably 1,500 patient records now wow. going up to 1914. Yeah. And there are some sad cases. One got put in here because he didn't pay his tram fare. Oh. <laughs> All right. But they deemed that he wasn't also right in his mind. So oh, wow. he was put into Zedward along wow. with the murderers and the... Incredible. So and that, that's up until 1914. The patient records the, I can get the records hold that you've of. Got at the yeah, moment. there's a hundred year privacy mm. on mental health. Anything to do with mental health. So understood. Okay, yeah. so that'll be 1914. It was 2014. Yeah, the next book happens to be, or the next two years happen to be in the next book. So yep. it's okay. hard to get to. Yeah, that one. So. Interesting. Okay, and you mentioned before that uh, this hasn't been functioning since. The 70s. 1973. It shut down. It was built in 1885 and it shut in 1973. So it's um, 1885, 1914, there's 1,500 people then. Some of them weren't put into this building. It's 1,500 people that were criminals that came into Parkside, Mm -hmm. as it was called back then. So until this building was built in 1885, because the other section was built in around about 1870, Mm -hmm. then they were housed over there. So it's all the criminals that came in up until... Incredible. 1914. Incredible. So I guess going up to the 70s, and you won't know until 100 years past 1973. Yeah, I think I might not be No, here. I don't think so. <laughs> it's very frustrating, let but, me tell you. <laughs> but the numbers, obviously, it's considerable the amount of people that have come through through this place. Yeah, over the years it would wow. be. So, uh, so you conduct tours here. Yep. Uh, one of many locations. Yep. Do you want to give a little bit of a backstory? I guess behind maybe the tours that you do here to begin with and, right. and then some of the other places that you do as well? Yeah, look, the building is actually privately owned. Yes. And it was destined to be an office and they've been very good to let us in here. Uh, they allowed the National Trust mm-hmm. to come in, so I work under the National Trust for mm-hmm. this tour. They've got the lease for the place. And it was a case of, well, how do we raise money mm-hmm. for projects for this building? 
And one of the ideas, obviously, I came up with, having an interest in it, <laughs> let's run ghost tours. We were very honest about our advertising. Yep. We put it out there. Is it haunted? Mm. We don't know. Yep. <laughs> Nobody's ever been in to find out. Um, can we promise you a ghost? Nope. Nope. And we're not even going to pretend we can. Mm. Do you want to come and find out with us? Hell yeah. yeah. And it was kind of our busiest. We were here for three months, every single night for three months, apart from two nights and just bringing people in, ghost hunting equipment, yep. and just looking and seeing if anything happened. Incredible. So. And uh, and then obviously a number of other locations, and I know that the the business works under a, di- a number of different types of tours as well. Yep. So yep. there's, I think initially I, I f- found uh, your team through the, the historical crimes yes, side of things. Yes, you found the other <laughs> The other, <laughs> the other, the other side of it. Um, and uh, a bit of background behind that is, I guess, for me, I've never lived in Adelaide, but I've been coming here for, for many years and there's always been, um, I guess, um, especially with friends that live here as well, there's this underlying joke and stigma attached to Adelaide and South Australia, as, especially in the last, uh, in sort of modern history, yeah. there's a lot of serial killers, a lot of murders and yeah. a lot of crime and whatnot. And it's probably not any more so than anywhere else in the country. It's just, I think it's been publicised and it's become a bit of a fascination and more stories and movies have probably been produced because of it. Yeah, it has... There's a joke that, yeah, we were known as the city of churches. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of churches here. And then it kind of swapped to the city of corpses <laughs> after our bout of serial killers. It, statistically, it has been proven that we really haven't had mm. as many as other states. It's just that we have a more bizarre way of doing things. There's so, <laughs> more someone, creative people here. More creatively <laughs> <laughs> on how it's done. And that's kind of how yeah. it's got it, its uh, reputation. We've yeah. had some memories ones here and uh, uh, and when I was sort of so I had this in mind like oh what's what's Adelaide known for and trying to think of uh, things to to pursue from a podcast point of view and um, and this sort of came up and go oh that's right like all the different uh, publicized and sensational sort of crime stories and whatever have all sort of come from Adelaide and yes the rest of Australia's had their fair share as yeah. well but Adelaide seems to as you said this been creative. a little bit more creative yes <laughs> how we do it but I did find the tours yeah. and then I found off off the back of that a number of other different tours that that fall off it so it seems I'm, I'm quite surprised that because I don't know a lot about it yeah. and this industry as well but it seems to be quite a uh, I'm trying to think of the word busy it's 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 it's, it's quite a lucrative popular. industry popular popular <laughs> uh, popular is the best word yeah it is. People have a fascination with the darker side of history, with mm. tragedy. Um, best way to give you an example of that is actually it's been there all throughout the ages mm. because we all used to turn up for executions in our thousands in Europe. Yep. If they were doing a hanging or beheading, you'd have thousands of people there cheering. We used to have that in Adelaide. I don't know <laughs> if you know about Adelaide, but we have a place called the Adelaide Jail here. Yep. And... Back in the 1800s, it was built in 1841. Mm. So until about 1861, we were doing public executions. As you do. Out in the car park, there, wow. where the car park is. And we were getting... It was going well until we got about 2,500 <laughs> people turning up for it. Most times the men would be at work. So mm. a big part of that 2,500 people would be women and children. Right, wow. And it's just why. Why do people have that fascination yeah. with, with death and tragedy? Obviously, we... Don't do that now, but <laughs> people <laughs> like still to hear about it. I guess we touch our own mortality. Media knows about it. It's like with the news, how many times do you actually see a good news story? 
most of it is bad news because we're more drawn to yeah. that, I guess. If we if they put an hour of good news on there, we probably wouldn't... Oh, you wouldn't tune in. Yeah. You wouldn't so tune in. Somewhere yeah. deep in us, although we like to deny it, I think somewhere deep in us we've got that. We want to touch our own mortality, I guess. I think so. And, and as I said before, like when I was growing up as a kid, I always loved watching Unsolved Mysteries and, and I've just recently um, found a... Uh, renewed love for the X-Files and, and all these sort yeah. of things. But it's it's the unknown. It's And for a lot of people, uh, sort of mortality and, and death and whatnot, I guess a lot of us, we do experience it from time to time, but we don't experience it in, in extreme ways. Yeah. And so to hear the stories, it's it's fascinating, even though it sounds morbid and, and for yeah. a lot of people they get turned off by it, but I guess it's it's a genuine fascination for it's a lot of people. A, yeah, I, I have yet to see anybody really explain why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look at the amount of crime oh. and forensic shows and... They've got a dedicated channel on Foxtel exactly. for it as a crime channel. <laughs> like people are just so fascinated by it and it's, yeah. yeah. And I guess that's why, you know, looking at... Um, at the number of different tours and, and whatnot that the, the business has, why it's so popular. Yeah. 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 Uh, the crime and the dark history, uh, we we are ethical about it. We don't talk about the modern day. Yeah, of course. Because you have to have that ethical line whereby there are still relatives around. And for us, it's about teaching history, whether it's mm-hmm. the ghosts, whether it's the murders, whether it's the tragedies, it's historical ones. Yep. And that way, at least you can teach something from it about history, whereas the new ones you can't. It's just glorifying it if you... Yeah. People it, keep saying, do you do the barrels? Do you do snow town? It's like, <laughs> no, you can go and watch a movie for that. That's right, <laughs> If I yeah. do that in a tour, it's just glorifying what they did. You're not learning anything. That's so, it. And um, I guess... I guess only time is really going to dictate whether yeah. it's something worth talking about later on down the track. Yeah. If, you know, I guess for a lot of people, they're still living it at the moment. Exactly. The people um, are still here, as you said, family and Even whatnot. on our forum, somebody came into our forum, um, talked about the, the bank went up for sale in yes. Snowtown. And almost immediately you had a relative come in. So, you know, why do you want to upset relatives? It's still very raw. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Well... Here, if the place is only stopped, uh, I guess the first thing that came to my head was trading. This <laughs> <laughs> is just not a, not a great term, but uh, functioning, functioning as yeah, yeah um, was in the 70s. It's still very recent. So yeah. a lot of the people that were here with links to family and whatnot, a lot of family is still around. Yeah. So I mean, it's been shut 44 years and... The people, we're doing an oral history at the moment mm-hmm. under the National Trust is doing helping them. And most of the people that we're interviewing who used to work here are in their 70s, mm. 80s, 90s. Mm. So the patients that were in here would have to be pretty much the same. Around that, that yeah. same age. Yeah. Because a lot of these nurses came in when they were early 20s, teenagers. Yep. Yeah. So. I guess it's... Um, as you mentioned earlier before we started recording, there's definitely... You still have to have a high awareness of sensitivity definitely when yeah. when talking about and going through some of the stories and some of the the people that have been in here because this is still very much active and and live out in the community yeah. there's a lot of family and links it's, that are still, still here. remember it yeah, yeah. so you got to be careful it's we do a murder and madness here and i think the latest we go up to with that would be 1950? Yeah. I think that's as far as we go. Mm. We don't go anywhere after that. Yeah. So, again, it's history. 
that we do. It's incredible. It's um, just walking through the the um, the hallway with you on both levels. It's just um, it's incredible the conditions that people would have had to have lived in here. I mean, th- these are in in a way that. Um, that people that were classed, and obviously crim- the criminal side of things is one thing, but to be classed as insane or have a mental yeah. disability yep. of some sort, to be... I don't think you can call them insane now. <laughs> no, well, no, you can't. And you've got to be very careful on your terming, you know. And so we use it in our historical way, yep. like that's what it says in that's, the law. That's what it's called, yeah. So. It's, um, it's, just, it's, uh, it's incredible to see how people were, were treated. Yeah. And how it was perceived in the public as to how to handle these types of people. And that's, but this, again, you know, it's like I like to point out to people, yeah, it was probably very tough in here in the 1800s, mm. but the people who worked here, you know, they didn't mean to do things wrong or it's what they knew at the time. It's just it, all, it, it's all they had. You know, it, education has come along on mental health, but um, I guess back then, People were still learning about mental health. And That's right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even now, uh, you know, the, the awareness is so much better, but it's still far from yeah. perfect. And yeah. there's a lot of prejudice out there and and the, the way that people perceive, even for a lot of people, that seems such a basic thing like depression, yeah. but it's so common yeah. out there. So even on that level, it's still something that's the education still needs to be worked on. Uh, definitely. But, I definitely. mean, this is definitely on the yeah. extreme side of things here, <laughs> but it's, uh, I mean, the bigger picture. And you did mention that um, the people that buy tickets to come mm. to come on these tours, uh, for this one or is it for all of... All uh, of them. All of them. All of them. And there's a, there's a donation yeah. from each ticket that goes towards Bl- Beyond Blue. Beyond Blue, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't matter if we do a movie night, an event, um, any of our other venues, $1 to $2 is donated yeah. out of our profits. So last year we raised $5,000. Yeah. Apparently for every, so they tell us, for every $1,000 we raise, it can help 20 people. So Fantastic. it means last year we helped 100 people. It's great. This year, hopefully, with the support of the tours we're getting, then we can help a lot more. So That's great. It's hopefully, a, we make the names mean something in here, even yeah, though they passed absolutely. on. And it's a it's a good story behind it, and it's a good link to the cause. Just you know, given the surroundings and, and the yeah. venue here, but obviously, it's good that you've got it sort of covered across all the facets yeah. of, of the business as well. Um, I guess maybe to give because this is all audio and people. Okay. <laughs> I wonder if uh, I wonder if the. I wonder if the mics picked that up. We should turn the lights off. And oh do it. God! I'll start. We should do it in the dark. <laughs> do you want to? Yeah, let's. Okay. All right. I'll hold your mic. Okay. We're going to turn the lights off. Okay. I'm going to running commentary here. I was just going to ask a. I was actually about to ask questions about uh, some of the stories here. Oh God, guys! I don't know what I'm doing here. It's about eleven o'clock at night. Wow. Uh, yeah. Do I need a light? Do you know where you're going? <laughs> okay, I'm going to extend my hand out. Okay, well, you can try and find. Got it. There we go. There we go. Okay. <laughs> this is cozy. Oh well. Um, okay, we are in the dark now. We are. It's. I mean, apart from a bit of light coming through the windows, it's pitch black. So I was. It was very good timing that noise because I was going. <laughs> And don't worry about my notes. I forgot all about my notes. But um, I was going to ask you just for people that obviously aren't here and they can't see. Neither can we. And neither can we now. (laughs) 
is just, I guess, without going into detail about individuals and whatnot, but just, I guess, the surroundings and, and some of the stories or just even just a story or two just of some of the, the things that have happened here over the years. On the tours? Oh, well, yeah, either that or just, I guess, um, what's happened here in, like, from, from a historical point of view. Um, well, we don't know an awful lot about how it was run back in the 1800s. Mm. There's not a lot written about Zedward at all. So even the Historical Society, we're still digging, we're still trying to find stuff out. Mm. We do know that once the antipsychotic drugs came in, mm-hmm. they were obviously a lot more reliable to allow them out the cells a lot more often. So they were allowed out in the later years to wander around. They used to be able to sit outside. Where we're sitting at the moment is a very large room. Mm. Um, very open. <laughs> 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 this was their day room. This is right. where they would come in the later years. They would be able to watch TV in here. Apparently they used to have a table tennis table. So okay. um, They weren't allowed back upstairs, though, once they were down, okay. from what we understand from the interviews we do. So, mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it was a case of keep them sedated, keep them calm. In the old days, mm. we really don't know how it was set up. However, when you think about the Adelaide jail in the 1800s, people were kept, the prisoners, and these were obviously not disturbed prisoners, but they were kept in their cells for up to 19 hours a day. Mm. And I'm going to guess maybe, and this is just hedging a guess, that if they were doing that in the jail, then... Yeah, they'd probably be in the cells here. For Something similar yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely like a, a solitary confinement type of... It's a jail. If people yeah. came in here to look around now, mm-hmm. they're going to look at it as more of a jail than a hospital. Oh, it's got the old jail cell doors. It's, it's, um, it's very... Uh, just the, the very quick walkthrough that, that I have with yourself, it's it's a very cold place, uh, the, just aesthetically and... And the the way that the it, they're, they're literally cells. They're mm. not. It's not just a you know bedrooms or, or rooms oh, no, cells, for like a yeah. like a a home or something like that. It's it's a, it's very much a, a stereotypically or traditionally sort of a cell type of setup here. So it's um yeah wow. It's um. <laughs> <laughs> just, my, it's like everybody's looking around. My eyes like. keep darting around the room just to see what's going on here. My eyes, my eyes are adjusting to the um, to will, the light. This though. is actually I've heard a couple of things in here when I've been in here. I came in. I was going through my notes one night, sitting in here, just sitting at the table, and heard somebody clearing their voice in here, hmm. a male. And then another time, me and my guide were in here, and we heard something very similar. It was like an old man's voice but we couldn't work out what it was it was only a couple of words coming from over by the door there but i will say the hallways we're sitting in a big room which mm-hmm. is quite light because we've got a lot of windows in here once your eyes adjust yep. but the hallways are a lot creepier when you're mm-hmm. on your own in the dark well even even just walking just before walking down the hallways to to one end towards the windows and just Oh, like it's just that that feeling of having those open doors either side of you, and you know, knowing that they're all empty, but just oh, it's just it's that unknown feeling. Yeah. It's just you just don't know. But um, and that's with a bit yeah. of light on. Oh, <laughs> we had a couple right. of lights on at that point. We did, so. we did, we did. <laughs> Try oh. walking down it now. Oh no, impossible. <laughs> <laughs> um, a bit of back your background. Yeah. I've noticed that. Um, 
and this is me running off my notes in the dark. Of course but, you can't see your notes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you've written a book. I have. Quite some time ago. Yep. Um, do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Is that still available as well? This yeah, book? it yeah. is. Uh, we can get it online or mm-hmm. you can get it from the tours or you can get it from the Adelaide Jail. Yeah, it, we were the head researchers, mm-hmm. paranormal researchers of the Adelaide Jail for over 10 years. So we were very lucky, right time, right place. They gave us pretty much free reign in there. So we would stay all night, just the team, research team. So the book's about a little bit of history of the jail. Mm-hmm. It's about our 10 years there stuff we had happen uh, on both tours and doing the um, paranormal research and yeah so that's what that one's about oh fantastic and um you've you've also i mean i was i sort of briefly mentioned this earlier before we started recording you've been heavily involved in the whole paranormal i was going to say world but and also industry it's it's almost like an industry but you i sort of reading through um uh, you had a bio on on the website there where a bit of your background and what you've done over the years and you seem to be, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a bit of a, a key person, at least I guess in Adelaide when it comes to paranormal, uh, the topic of paranormal. Yeah. Um, is that just here in Adelaide or is it more sort of a national thing? Because I don't know what the industry is like. I don't know what yeah, the... Um, I guess... I'm longer in the tooth. Yeah. <laughs> More wrinkles, grayer yeah. hair over the years. Been doing it 27 years. Mm. Uh, um, interstate, I'm not sure. It's The whole field has changed with mm. the advent of the TV shows. Yeah, of course. So when I started 27 years ago, there was no internet. Mm. Weird as that sounds, even I can't <laughs> believe that. Um, so all your... Research was done through books and whereas now it seems that there's a million teams out there who've watched Ghost Hunters. And they all want to do their, yeah, their version of it. They all have a Facebook page. They all get a K2 meter or an EMF meter and that's it. It's, it's just changed. So I think there's so many now I kind of get lost in it all. <laughs> so is, in, it, is there something that you've been, you're just as not involved but just as passionate about it as what you have been so I did read that you've been sort of involved in a lot of this for the last 25 years and I even saw the comment that I wasn't going to make too much of a note about this but I heard that as well you heard that yeah yeah interesting (laughs) that you were born in a haunted house as well is it something that I guess you've obviously grown up with and you've had a fascination with? Is it still just as passionate as what you have been in the past? Yeah, actually more so. Yeah. The house I was born into terrified me. Right. And when I first met my husband, I was still sleeping with the lights on. Oh, <laughs> and I, even into my 20s, I was that scared of the paranormal. I think it was a huge step for me to go into investigating. Mm-hmm. Very scary step for me. And I think the more I've gone in, the more I've realised it's not like Hollywood. <laughs> you know, it's just not. Most of the time nothing happens. Yeah. And you'll suddenly get a big thing. And now it excites me. Yeah. So, And I guess with the excitement comes a bit of a passion as well, or a lot of a passion. Nowadays it doesn't scare me, which I do miss. Yeah. I do miss being scared. And I guess I live that through watching the people on the tours when things happen i'll be smiling (laughs) absolutely well i was just i was uh quite um i was quite surprised when 
I, your husband went off to, to meet up with the other tour and you were here with me and we sort of locked up the place and you're walking around and showing me and we're turning off lights and whatnot. <laughs> and I just thought, how the hell can, like even with another person here, yeah. and we've only just met as well, yeah. but just to be in a place like this and, and now we're sitting here in the dark as well, um, I only feel like I'm a little bit on edge, but I feel okay because you're pretty calm and so... I'm in my safe room. I will say that, (laughs) all right, where we're sitting is generally what I call my safe room because this is probably the nicest of all the rooms. Okay. And I guess this is where they had their good times of watching TV and socialising it, socialised. Out there in the hallway, Mm. probably a little bit more on edge because I don't know what's there. Without going into any details, any um, examples of why that might be the case? Look, I I will say in 27 years, I have, I can count on probably three hands. I do not have three hands, I will say <laughs> that, but number-wise, if you had three hands. Mm. 27 years, how, how often I've seen something, and mm. I mean physically seen something, and that isn't a lot. No. That isn't a lot in 27 years, but this reality of it. Five of them have been here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, this is why this place challenges me. I've got no doubt. I've actually seen it. I've had it in my face. I had an, a, a room, I had a tour where I was standing there giving the tour and I literally had a guest right in my face. We all do it without torches on, so mm. we're silhouettes. And it was really, really annoying me. Because we all like our bubble of space, and the person was right in it. So the only way I can make them move back is to touch them mm. and just make a point of them. I'm yep. sorry, is there somebody next to me? And then I put my hand out to touch them, expecting mm. to touch the shoulder very close to me. And instead, my hand kept going. Now, the girl that was standing slightly behind me freaked out because she could see the guest as well. Oh, right. And the person stepped back and then just disappeared right in front of her. <laughs> so it was just like, I know what was in my face and oh. it was just, yeah. It's... So there's been a few times I've seen it walking down the hallway, I've seen it standing at a cell door where I've had witnesses that have seen it as well. Mm. Every time I've seen whatever's here... It's a dark silhouette of a person. That's right. you don't get any detail. So, do you believe it? I mean, you wouldn't know for sure, but do you sort of get the feeling that it's that it is the same person or the same presence, or is it different? Um, I don't get feeling either way whether it is mm. or it isn't. It just is what it whether is. it's just several or whether it's just one. Mm. I don't believe whatever it is is locked in it. And I hate saying this because I am fairly... I will say I I am fairly on the fence. I do have those bouts of scepticism mm. where, you know, maybe it's just my brain. So it, I don't like to say that it's definitely a ghost. I, all I can say is that what I've seen, mm. um, I haven't made up my mind what it is yet. There is definitely something, though, here. Yeah, and that's. I think that's pretty interesting because when I sort of read through some of the things that you've been involved with over the years and I know that you also uh, were involved with the radio program as well. Sort of yeah, Twilight, yeah, yeah, Twilight. Yeah, yeah. And so you've you've had a lot of involvement in the sort of the paranormal world and I guess stereotypically when I read that I thought, oh, you must just be an absolute 
not advocate, but just a true believer of the, of the the spirit world and ghosts and whatnot, and that you know everything's real and whatnot. Where and not so much of a skeptic around it, but yeah. just to hearing what you said yeah. since since we first met up, um, it's quite interesting to hear that from you. That yeah. you know you're, you've you've got this sort of balanced sort of observation about it all. Well, that's it, and I, I encourage all our tour as well to when we do the research to be skeptical. Mm. All right not to take everything you hear <laughs> as being paranormal or fact or anything else, because obviously it's not. Yeah. Rational thinking. I like to think of it more as rational thinking. Yeah. So rationalise it first before mm. we start jumping to, oh, my God, that's a ghost. <laughs> I actually take on people, and it sounds counterproductive, but when I take on a guide or I take on a researcher for the research team, mm-hmm. generally I will take people who are slightly sceptical. Yeah. Because that way they're not running around going, oh, my God, it's a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's yeah. a ghost. They're actually thinking about it, and that's what I want, especially if we're going to keep the formula of keep it real with Absolutely. the tours as well. Yeah, yeah. Where we're not insulting people's intelligence. That's so right. We do. We try and keep it on that rational. And um, I think that, I mean, I haven't, I haven't been on any of the tours yet, but uh, I used to live in Brisbane years ago, and I went on a, on a ghost tour at uh, Bogger Road Jail in Brisbane, and um, I was quite interested I just saw you turn your head as well. Did you hear anything? I didn't. You didn't, all right. No. (laughs) I just just saw your head, your silhouette of your head move. I guess I get used to the sounds in here and that wasn't one of them. That's all right. Um, Keep going. I remember going to this this tour and it was very theatrical. So the yeah. the, the the host, the guide, was um, putting on the English accent. He was dressed in his tuxedo and he had this whole thing and and it was interesting because it was historical as well. But mm. it was just it almost had this element of it was this entertainment value yeah. there, where it was a bit a little bit yeah. cheesy and whatnot. And it was very hard to be in the moment in and really understanding where you were. You're more un- you're more focused on the theatrics of what the person was doing rather than, oh, I mean, I'm in a jail that's been here for a couple of hundred years and, and what's happened in this jail. So just hearing what you said and the yeah. way that... Um, we, when yeah. we set up in 2010, because I'd researched it for 27 years, it was a case of I couldn't just sell out and go all theatrical and <laughs> mm. everything else. And we took a risk. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, ghost tours all over the world um, traditionally... Oh, dress up, mm. take a character um, and do it down that track. I decided that we'd throw all that out. We would take a risk that if we got nothing happening on the night, we got nothing happening on the night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the reality of it. <laughs> and it was either going to work or it wasn't. Yep. And we were very proud of keeping it real. And because we're not insulting people's intelligence, it's actually been embraced. So we... Even the fact that a ghost tour even won two years running the best tour operator in South Australia is absolutely dumbfounding Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, ghost tours have never been taken credibly. And I'd like to think it's because we've embraced it the way we do it and that is we're not shoving it down people's throats. We basically tell it as it is. I'm not there to convince you ghosts exist. We just tell you what the experiences are give you the opportunity to maybe have an experience knowing and trusting that we're not going to put anything on. If you have something happen, it's real. And I think so, I think having that extra facet to it or that extra element of 
it's a, it's an educational thing as well. It's to yep. learn a bit about the history. It's a historical aspect to it that gives it that credibility as well. Yeah. Whereas a lot of other tours out there are more focused on the shock value. Yeah. And not a lot of substance behind it. Exactly. And, you know, you do, you teach a lot of history. How do you get a younger generation interested in their heritage and their history? Mm. Do you come and say, hey, come here, I'll give you a history tour because <laughs> they're going to yawn and, like, walk off? Or do you go, well, come along, I'll tell you about all the murderers yeah. and the ghosts? And they come in, they look around, they go, oh, my God, I didn't even know this existed. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the only way we'll preserve our heritage. We've got to engage the younger generation to be interested in their heritage. Are we going to lose buildings like this? That's right. Well, I mean... We, we just touched on it earlier about this building itself. This building will still be around, but it's it's going to change its purpose yeah. very soon. It's got a big question mark on it, so, yeah, unfortunately. And is it a case, I guess, with all the other locations that, that you're involved with that you see this as an ongoing challenge? The venues that we've got so far pretty safe but what breaks my heart is the amount of buildings that I'm watching disappearing mm. for development yep. and we're about to lose over the other side of this whole precinct they're about to build about 500 new homes right and it's so sad because there's so much heritage here so much history despite the fact of what the place was used for it's still mm. history and it's Absolutely. still for future generations mm. And the government seems to be very short-sighted. Tourism is a massive industry now. Yeah. And sometimes you look at the, these buildings go, they'd be better off, you know, doing well with tourism. And so. I guess, I guess the, um, like for a place like this, and you mentioned that potentially it's going to be used as, as offices at, at some stage. Potentially, Potentially, yeah, yeah. Not, not 100% just yet, but... I mean, if you're looking at the silver lining, at least the st structurally the place is staying as it is. But, um, I mean, that's that's the, the silver lining of not the best situation, but, I mean, yeah. it's better than it being absolutely flawed. And that seems flawed. to be the argument. We'll keep the facade mm. so the building still looks good. But to me, especially when you've been into Europe mm. and into the old buildings there, yep. to me the history is inside the building. Yes. It's like to walk down those hallways with the cells as they are, that's the history. That's where you get your feeling of history and mm. where you really understand it. Mm. To have the facade, yeah, the building's still there and I don't know, <laughs> to me. Yeah, I mean, potentially. But I realise if it's an opportunity, you know, a choice between losing the building completely or having re adaptive reuse, as it's called, then at least the building's there. It's, so, it's something, yeah. but uh, it's yeah. not. It's far from, far from perfect, especially if the place has got to be gutted so to speak yeah, yeah. but um, no look I mean it's it's got an uncertain future as to how it'll be it'll be adaptive reuse but at least the building will still be here so that's good oh definitely I just keep getting distracted by I know what, looking at the doorway over there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh god I'm I'll tell trying. you what oh, I shouldn't say because we're on the thing I won't say what I'm hearing well it's um, I guess maybe just going back to what you said before about just having that sort of balanced approach and that rational sort of thinking yeah. about sort of the paranormal and whatnot. Um, one thing that I mentioned earlier about the story that I had when I was a kid is um, I used to go around to my grandmother's place um, who used to live a couple of streets away from where we lived. And um, when, I was, oh, when I was probably about three years old, 
my grandfather had died. He had a heart attack at home in bed. And so he just, he just died in his sleep. And so, but we went around there that night and I remember standing next to the bed and he actually passed and he was lying in bed and he just, he looked peaceful and he was fine. And I didn't, nothing clicked for me. Like I didn't, it wasn't traumatising or anything. It was more traumatising to see my grandmother upset. Mm, yeah. So that was that. But then over the years, the house was still there and my grandmother still lived there by herself and so we would always go there and visit. And uh, one night I was actually staying over there with maybe a cousin or whatnot and I was walking down the hallway and the hallway light, of course, just silly design, the hallway light was at the end of the corridor rather than at the start of the <laughs> corridor. So you had to walk down this dark corridor to then turn on the light. It was just a redundant thing. And I always hated it, absolutely hated it. And I was walking down and I went to go and turn on the light. Just before I got to the light switch, the, the bedroom door was at the end of the hallway. So that door faces the hallway. Mm. And I looked up just before I went to go and turn on the light switch and I saw what I thought at the time was my grandfather put his head out from behind the door yeah, and then sort of see me and go, ooh, and then put his head back behind the door. And my grandfather was known as a bit of a prankster. Yeah. Uh, he used to get the silly little googly eyes and put them on and try and scare us and whatnot. And so I don't know whether it was memories of that and I didn't really see anything at yeah. all or whether I did see something. Yeah. And and I ran back down the, cor- down the corridor into the kitchen. My dad was there and my grandmother and said, oh, I just saw granddad and, and I was in tears. I was absolutely traumatised. And everyone just shrugged it off and said, no, oh, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Anyway, years and years later, uh, I visited my grandmother and um, just in passing I said, do you remember that time when I came screaming into the kitchen and I was carrying on? She goes, yeah, yeah. And I said... I still think about that quite often. I never had anything since then. There was never any other incident. It was only that. And she just she just said in passing, it was very matter of fact, she says, I see him all the time. Oh, really? And okay. I just went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and my hairs on my arm just sort yeah. of raised. And But she said it just so calmly. Like yeah. it was just like, eh, whatever, he's, he's around. And yeah. she says, I see him all the time. Yeah. And it sort of validated what I'd saw, it, whether it actually happened or not is another yeah. thing, but it was just interesting the way that um, the way that it panned out and I guess the background behind it, maybe I'd set myself up to see something yeah. that probably wasn't there. But um, And I'm, I'm a very sometimes way too rational of a yeah, thinker. Yeah, no, you know, you've got to be rational. Yeah, but it's um, – and I think everyone sort of – people have those experiences often yeah. and you to try and separate – the more legitimate yeah. moments than the ones that are a bit more your eyes playing tricks on you or your mind's sort of, you know, off with the fairies and you're, you're daydreaming a bit too much and you're not really actually seeing anything. Yeah. But, um, and yeah. our minds are very tricky things as well. They <laughs> so. are. Absolutely. I mean, as, as you've mentioned a few times, like with science and whatnot and the amount of the amount that we've progressed over the last, as you mentioned, 150 years, 150 mm. years ago, what we thought was normal back then, you know, there's so many things that are ridiculous now if you had to compare those sort of opinions and and perspectives yeah. 150 years ago. And, yeah. and now, like even if you, the way that we're exponentially sort of evolving with science and whatnot, maybe in 10 years' time we'll probably think about the things that have been sort of happening around this time as being sort of a, yeah. a bit, um, pr- it, bit primitive. It, it would be awful to think we knew it all. Mm. And there's nothing left to learn yeah. about the universe or 
So I still think somewhere science still has a little way to go, but I'm not a scientist, so I can't really comment on that one. But this something, this something science is not explaining yet. Well, I'll give you my... Whether um, it's our brains or whether it's natural or whether it's... Uh, yeah. There's definitely, there's definitely something. And in the way that, I mean... The, the amount of discoveries that happen on a daily basis that just blow our minds mm. that are constantly happening and we're suddenly going, oh, I had no idea that that even existed or that we could possibly... Car. Oh, <laughs> that we could possibly do that. <laughs> um, there, I mean, there's just, as you said, there's just so many unknowns and we just we just don't know. And, and to think that people believe that we've discovered everything and that we know how the world works and everything is is very naive and... I'll give you my crazy sort of scenario or concept that I think sometimes is is about. Oh, I'm probably going to lose a lot of listeners listening that, that's listening <laughs> to this, but it's that sort of parallel universe type thing where it's almost like that. Um, I can't remember I her name. I find that very interesting because I can it, give you something about that. So. It's it's sort of like. Um, it's that really cheesy movie, that sliding doors movie, yeah. where you make that decision. You know, do I get on that train or do I not? And I just heard that then as well. <laughs> Um, and your life changes. And sometimes, you know, you're like when you're driving in the car and sometimes you have a near miss with someone mm. and you sort of think, what if I didn't have the near miss and actually did make impact? Is, is, my, is my life branched off into two different directions or is there a possibility of every, every single scenario that exists out there and that everybody's moving in these different things? So... It's like the string theory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting mm. <laughs> that you bring that up because yeah, we can get onto a whole new subject now. <laughs> Is <laughs> some movements in this room at the moment? That's one of the things when we look at the paranormal that I talk about on the tours. Is we try and clump it all into one box, and I think we can't. Mm. It's We're trying to fit it all into that one little box. Okay. Residual mm. that they talk about, where the old theory was that, or the old thinking that something's happened over and over again, like somebody probably walked up this hallway a million times mm. in its history, and for some reason a building holds onto it and replays it for yep. whatever reason. So you're not actually hearing ghosts, you're just hearing what we call residual. Mm whole new thinking is what you've just come up with and that is we were told so time isn't linear mm-hmm. all right we perceive our timeline as linear now, yeah. now your listeners are totally going to stop <laughs> listening it's actually happening all around us yeah um different scenarios and i don't know if you've ever heard of the phenomena of living ghosts have you ever heard about that uh, one? i may have heard of all right it's let's say my son goes overseas mm-hmm. And I come out of my kitchen. I know he's in the USA or something like that. Mm. Come out of my kitchen, look down my hallway, and there's my son Mm. going into his bedroom. Mm. But the first thing I'm going to think is, oh, my God, my son's had something happen to him. I've just seen his ghost. Yeah. So I'm on the phone to him to see if he answers, and he answers. And he's fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. It's like, okay, then (laughs) I just saw him in the hallway. So that's termed what you call a living ghost. Now, whether that's just a clip in sometimes our... No, you see, they're going to think I'm nuts as well. Clipping, <laughs> whether it's a clip, I'm not saying this is 
how it, I believe or anything like that. No. But it's an interesting concept. Absolutely. Maybe it's just a clip in time and mm. that tobacco smell we smell sometimes, yeah, yeah. that smell of perfume, yep. that sound, that shadow flitting across the room. Mm. Could it just be we're seeing the past, but the past is actually happening around us still? Uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, it's something that I think about quite often because you just don't know. I mean, I, I think about different scenarios. Like yep. today I, I caught a plane and came to Adelaide. But the scenario where I might have missed my plane or I didn't get to the airport at all or something else popped up where I could, just couldn't come this weekend. Mm. And all those scenarios potentially exist. Yep. So the scenario that you just mentioned with your son being overseas, but then seeing him, there yeah. might be another another line of scenario where he didn't go yeah. and he's just walking around the house. Yeah. And every once in a while there's a bit of a merge, there's a bit of a flicker maybe a bit of a malfunction or something yeah. like that where it's sort maybe of crosses the two, over. two touch. Yeah. We just get that quick glimpse. We had an example here. We had been doing a tour. We were packing up and there was only the guides left and we were putting everything in the car. Mm. My guide came up to me and said, you're going to think I'm really weird. <laughs> I said, really? Yeah, okay. <laughs> we already do. Um, <laughs> she said, I've just heard people talking in the hallway. Right. And it's like, okay. She said, but that's not the weird bit. She said, here's the weird bit. She said, I th we, we've got what we call a boo buddy. I know it sounds crazy. It's okay. a bear that's got EMF meters and it actually talks. Okay. Right. I, I hate, oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of it, but So she said, but I've just heard this bear talking in the hallway as well. Now, we didn't even bring them that night. Huh. It's like, okay. And then it occurred to us that only two weeks earlier, we'd had a staff meeting here. We'd taken the table out into the hallway. We'd been sitting around the table talking. Yeah. And it was the first night we got these bears, so we put two of them next to each other and they were and talking to on. each other. Right. Now, whether she was just hearing our meeting from two weeks earlier. A bit of residual. Yeah, residual of our meeting and what, however it happens, we were actually hearing that. So, but it's an interesting concept. It is very interesting. Is it true? I don't know. I don't know how any of this works. <laughs> well, that's... Say my rational side says nothing. Science, you know, your, your rational scientific side, the, no, it can't exist it can't. in physics. As it, as it stands at the moment. Even eighth grade physics <laughs> tells you that ghosts can't exist. Yeah. And yeah. yet it's constantly being in these locations as many hours as we are every week. The stuff I really just can't explain, and it's just I don't know how it works. It's, and it's just I mean, there's the the thing that keeps getting said all the time about the amount of um, all the percentage of the brain that we actually use, and the, and from a neurological point of view, um, there's a lot of capacity that we just don't have a grasp on. Yeah. And so sometimes what we might hear and see and whatnot might not actually be reality. But then again, there's a bigger question of what's actually reality as yeah. well. So yeah. I won't dig too deep into that because yes, we, could, we could go really off on a, down. We could, we could, <laughs> it could be a big rabbit hole there. Yeah. Um, I guess before we wrap up, because I'm keeping you on the time as well, um, I, have a, I have a lot of listeners that live in Adelaide, but I have a lot of listeners that uh, come to Adelaide quite often. Mm -hmm. So what's the best way to, I guess, reach out to you and, and the, the tour group and, and to be a part or to come along to, to, to Z Ward here <laughs> or, or some of the other locations? 
Look, we're on Facebook. Yep. And definitely that would be a good place to go because if they're a bit unsure, they can look at all our reviews and stuff like that. We put albums up there. We put diaries of what we've had happen. So it's quite interactive on there. We do live feeds. We mm -hmm. actually sit here on our own, do little vigils right. sometimes. That's, and we let the people investigate with us yep. that are on the live, listening to the live feed because uh -huh. they can ask the questions and then we put it out there. Um, so that's the fun interactive part on Facebook or they can come to our website. So Adelaide Haunted Horizons and we list all our tours there. If they're not into ghosts, we do a lot of history. <laughs> And if they're not into history, we do the ghosts. <laughs> you cater so, for Yeah, cater we for cater all. for everybody. That's ghosts great. aren't just at us. No, absolutely. And I think that's I think it's a great thing. And I'm sure there's other places around the country that do their own their own version of it all. But yeah. it's great that um, I mean this this city's definitely got um, it's it's got its own flavour to it, lack of a better word. But it has character. It does it has have its character. own character. And um, it seems that, that you, you're doing a great job to be able to really sort of highlight this. I keep hearing these little noises around. <laughs> they're subtle, aren't they? <laughs> Just to let us know they're here. But um, it's... I think it's really fascinating and um, I just wish I had a bit more time to actually go on one of the tours. I'll have to yeah, do it next time in next time you come. But, um, yeah. yeah. Look, I'll... I'll wrap it up now so we can desperately get these lights back on. <laughs> I was going to say, do you want to go and sit in the hallway? For oh, me? God, no. I just, oh, I don't know if I can handle it. Well, <laughs> actually, what we might do, maybe I'll just put my, my notepad up here and I can walk with this recorder. Okay. Maybe we'll just walk up, walk yeah, into sure. the hallway and then we'll we'll wrap it up in there All right. very quickly. We'll just have to remember where. Oh, my leg's falling asleep. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, that was a sense of light, okay. Yeah, I guess I know where everything is. <laughs> so. so, naturally this is I'm a... I'm sure get away from that blue light because it'll come on. So we go down this end. Okay. So, obviously no one can see what we're doing, but we're walking down the main hallway down here on the ground level. And oh, we could go down to my favourite room down the other end. Uh, yeah, if you want to, and we, we can, if you want to tell me a little bit of background as to why it's your favourite room. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I, even I'm braver when I've got somebody with me. <laughs> if you ask me to do this on my own. Different story. I did actually want to sleep here one night oh. where I was involved in the Samson Flat bushfires we had, which was big, devastating fires about two years ago. Yeah. And I couldn't get home after the tour because they blocked the roads off. And I thought, that's all right. I'll just sleep in Zedward. The keys. And I lasted about 15 minutes and you have to be in here on your own. It's even darker now, doesn't it? Is it is extremely dark in there. Um, yeah, I lasted about 15 minutes and it's just like, yeah, I'm going to just go and you were sleep in the bus. <laughs> and you were here <laughs> so by yourself as well? For about 15 minutes, oh, yeah. You're... I was going to sleep in here and it just... it. I don't suffer from that peripheral vision thing. Yeah. 27 years of being in these places, I don't get that. Yep. Shadows in the corner of the eyes. Gotcha. I wish I did. It would make it a lot more exciting <laughs> for me. But this particular night, I'd say goodbye to the tour. I said goodbye to my guides. And I was quite excited about sleeping here on my own for the night. Came in, stood in the hallway, wondered where I was going to set myself up. And at the corner of my eye down this end of the hallway, all I saw was this black, it was almost human height, just black, mass I guess just going mm. across out the corner of my eye going across the, the hallway and you do you stand there and you go did I just see that or is that just a trick of light and you're looking down nothing so I started to look back 
in front of me and it came back across the hallway and it was just like it was getting closer. The whole atmosphere in here changed. And it was just like whatever it was was just coming, getting way too curious <laughs> about this one female standing in this building, remembering this is a male-dominated building Absolutely. all of its life. That's oh, what you fear. You're a bigger person than everybody else. That I, I can't think of. I could not even fathom being in here for a couple of minutes, let alone 15 oh, minutes. Look, you know, <laughs> I, honestly, I've been in worse places. I honestly thought it would be easy. And for all those who say, oh, we could do it, what sort mm. of investigator are you? When the atmosphere changes in here and you are on your own and things are starting to go off mm. it's just yeah it's just not worth it so do you want to give me a bit of a rundown as to why we're standing next to we one haven't of gone the in rooms it, have we? Should we um, go it's in? your favorite room oh well yeah okay wow that looks a bit dark in there, it is doesn't it? it's <laughs> extremely dark if you're a bit if you're a bit hesitant then geez come on and we go hi and be brave oh, i just know okay. what's okay Oh, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> Pump into you there. <laughs> so, yeah, at the end of the day, this is where I probably had my first experience because when we do the talk tours, we do them without torches on. Mm-hmm. So everybody becomes silhouettes when we're doing the tours. So I'm standing in here and I was telling some of the stories. Where we are, by the way, for those who aren't in here, mm-hmm. is one of our bigger cells. It was made into a shower area. So it's got mirrors on the wall, sinks. Yep. It's very, very dilapidated now. Used to be a cell before that. But we were in here, I was doing the tour, and suddenly one of the guests got very much into my face. And I'm talking inches away from my face. Mm. Now we don't, nobody likes that. It's that bubble of space we like. Now the only way I can make them move is to touch them. And make a point of them. So I kind of broke off the story. So I'm sorry, is there somebody next to me? And I put my hand out to touch them. Mm. Now, as I did that, my hand just kept going. (laughs) The girl that was standing behind me that saw my hand go out, she was standing at the window, she totally freaked out because she could see the person as well. Assumed it was a tour person. We all did. The tour person seemed to step back a step and then just vanished right in front of her. (laughs) It was just, we've had that, I've had it where near the door there, Mm -hmm. we had eight people completely freak out because the tour person that they thought was standing in that middle of the room there as a silhouette just disappeared right in front of eight people. Completely freaked them out. So, look, without a doubt, and people say, well, it wasn't haunted when, you know, but did people ever look for it, you know? That's right. I, I guess we came in here with the object of looking for it, so... Did we wake something up? I don't know. Who knows? And I guess, I mean, for, for so much activity that's been in here for, for so many years, I mean depending on what your views are of it, but the energy that would have been expelled in these these walls. Lots of emotion. If you talk about residual and, and what's left behind, I mean, who, who knows? Yeah. It's incredible, but I tell you what, like this is one dark room. I'm lucky that my little Zoom recorder's got some little lights here. But <laughs> we could do a lockdown. Oh, God. <laughs> I guess sometimes <laughs> spend a little bit of time in cells on their own. Yeah. 
And you do that with some of the guests. I mean, I did notice that you had a little yeah. disclaimer. It's 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 up to the person if they want to do we it. Don't. <laughs> we don't. We don't. <laughs> we're we're not there to take people's money and torture them. <laughs> and we don't actually lock the doors. It's it, we, just term, we term it a lockdown, but that's just giving people the opportunity if they want to. Yeah. To go just and sit in a cell for five minutes and just experience it for themselves. So oh. I could close that door on you and you could do that in here if you like. Uh, maybe not this time. I might wait for one of the tours <laughs> and I'll, I'll join in on that one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, wow, okay. Well, we might just walk back out and then we'll okay. start walking. I'm like directing you because I'm just, I'm so on edge. <laughs> or we could go down the murderers section. Just for another story for you, I had a lady, actually Pete Banks, she runs Appy up in um, in Sydney. Right, okay. <laughs> she does tours like this in Parramatta Jail, but she, we uh, network. Yes. We okay. do network. So when she came down here, I said, oh, I've got the keys to Zed Ward, let's chill out at Zed Ward. So there's only three girls in here, and we were sitting down this end of the hallway, and oh, the atmosphere changed again. It was really heavy. And then we were looking down that end of the hallway, and we could see what looked like a solid figure of a person next to one of the cells down there mm. and it's like looking at Pete going can you see what I see she goes what the man standing by that cell door and I <laughs> said yeah and she said yeah and we went down there but as we got closer it kind of melted back into the cell yeah. and we put some of our equipment there and the equipment went off oh, where right. he was standing wow. so again it's I've seen it about four or five times I have no doubt I'm not I wished I was one that saw stuff all the time mm. but I'm not um, I'm known as a killer of activity if I walk in the room so I don't yeah but I've got no doubt here that maybe people just weren't looking for them maybe we've woken them up a bit but oh absolutely well I think um once you turn the lights back on I might take a couple of photos of this hallway I'll put them online with this podcast episode so people can get a slight idea of what we're walking through It's, um, what, you want the lights back on? Well, uh, just for the sake of a photo, I guess, because <laughs> no, otherwise it'd be just black. <laughs> so. But um, oh, I'll wrap it up now. Thank you so much. For, That's all right. It's my pleasure. Yeah, for taking the time to have a chat. And I hope that um, a few people listening will, will make the effort to, to get in touch and, and join a tour because it's, it's good. And I, I like the... I like the approach that you're taking with it as well. Yeah. It's it's not just a, for shock value. There's some there's some interesting stories, and you get a bit more of an understanding of the history of of Adelaide and, and yeah. some of the things that have happened over the years here. I say it's not just Zed Ward. We do them all over. Mm. Um, we've got lots of other venues that we do these at, and we also do the Murder and Madness, which is all about the murder put in here and in the Adelaide Jail. Oh. So, well, next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold you to that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Alison. <laughs> right. I really my appreciate pleasure. it. Love showing you around. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> what a different episode, hey? That's just crazy. Um, when those lights went off, well, just before, well, when I asked that question about asking her to tell me some stories and then that thud, I mean, you guys should surely would have heard that. Uh, just insane, absolutely insane. And, um, and then to talk in the dark and then we walked around and it was like apart from a little bit of street light outside and the street was quite a distance away from this building um you pretty much were just lit up by by the night sky and that was it and it was just whew. 
So I highly recommend uh, if you're in Adelaide or you, you, you're stopping by, stopping through Adelaide and you have a bit of time, please get in contact with Alison and I'll have all the links on the show notes at andysocial.net. Uh, you can go to uh, historicalcrimetours.com.au and uh, there's a whole bunch of links and information about uh, joining any of those tours there. Um, also, if you want to reach out to Alison, I'll put links uh in the show notes at antisocial.net so you can. Um, she does have a book that she wrote about her time at um, investigating Adelaide Jail called Ghosts of the Past. Um, Alison was really cool to give me a copy of that. So I haven't read it yet. I'm still, it's in my, well, it's in, anyway, that's for another day. I've got this giant pile of books that I keep buying and, you know, I'm reading at a slower rate than I'm purchasing, which, yeah, we'll leave that for another episode, another podcast sometime down the track. But, uh, yeah, if you want to get in contact, you you want to learn more, um, you have a fascination about, uh, you know, uh, history, um, you know, modern history, crime, or even the paranormal, if you, if that floats your boat, uh, Alison will definitely be able to uh, fill you in on lots of interesting things or direct you on a number of different paths and resources as well. So uh, thank you again to Alison uh, for letting me and letting us uh, have a conversation with her. Very cool. So before we wrap this up very quickly, uh, we're getting closer to the end of voting for the Australian Podcast Awards. That's the Castaway Awards. So you can go to castawayawards.com.au and you can click on the voting section. And my podcast is in there with, well, I have no idea how many now. There's just, there seems to be more and more podcasts being added, but I would say there's, there's probably a couple hundred Australian podcasts in there. How amazing is that? Like who would have thought that there would be so many Australian podcasts. It's we, We're always a little bit slow picking up the pace from other countries and, you know, podcasts have been popular in the US for quite a number of years, but um, it it's really gaining strides. So I believe until it's something like the 20-something, maybe the 24th of March, voting closes. So get in there and uh, please vote for the Antisocial Podcast. A couple of mates are in there as well, such as Screwins and Co. Breakfast Show and Pod Kembler as well. So give them a vote as well. You can vote for more than one uh, podcast, I believe. And um, Look, there's a lot of fierce competition there and uh, some some podcasts are doing very well. So, look, to be honest, uh, I'm not planning to win it. Um, I'll always uh, hope that I do and I'll work towards uh, taking taking the title of most popular podcasts. But I think uh, just being in the running and having a number of votes against the podcast name just does wonders for this uh, for this show. It, it just it gets gets this podcast into the conversation of others. Uh, it brings a bit more uh, traffic and a bit more exposure and just helps uh, legitimize, 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 legitimize. That's the word, isn't it? Far out. Anyway, so uh, it, it's all positive. It all helps. So one click, one vote can go a long way. So please, uh, castawayawards.com.au. Now, if you want to support this podcast very, very quickly, if you shop on Amazon, Amazon. Uh, you can use my Amazon portal, which is at andysocial.net. You can click on the portal link on there and just shop as per normal. Nothing changes. I just get a small uh, percentage of what you buy. And uh, it's very, very, very small. But when enough of you purchase uh, through Amazon using my unique link, it adds up and it helps uh, go towards my monthly podcasting expenses, which is really cool. Um, apart from that, please just share 
share these episodes around. Um, all the episodes are on YouTube, so it's always a great way of getting the podcast out to new people. Um, or you can share the uh, the links uh, elsewhere, even the andysocial.net. Um, rate and review on iTunes is also amazing if you can do that. It's been very quiet on the old iTunes review and rating front um, because it's extremely annoying to, to try and get in there and do it. I wish it was a lot easier. But Regardless of that, it's there and it is a massive help when people do uh, take a couple of minutes to click on a few different links to get there and uh, and leave leave some uh, some nice comments. Uh, and really, just continue to listen to this podcast. That's, that's the best advice that I can give if you want to support this podcast. Just keep downloading them, keep listening to them, and please let me know if you've got suggestions of people to to talk to. Some of these uh, people that I've had on this year have come from suggestions um, and the ones from last year as well have, have been a mixture of uh, friends but also referrals and suggestions and I, I'm always all ears to hear of more people and especially uh, weird and wonderful people from all walks of life, from unexpected backgrounds. I'm keen, very keen. So, Thank you very much. If you're still listening to me now, I'm very impressed, extremely impressed because I'm sure a majority of you have, have uh, turned this off long before now. <laughs> so I will leave it at this. Thank you very much. We'll be back next week with another episode. As I said, this is the first of a few Adelaide-themed uh, podcasts and uh, look forward to presenting the next few over the next few weeks. So thank you so much. Continue to spread the word and take care. Bye-bye. You're ready. You're ready.